Oh, so good to worship with you, Emmaus. All right, kids. You know what to do at this point. Take off pre-K through first graders if you guys are heading out. Lance, come on up whenever, uh, whenever you're ready. It's worth turning around, Lance, as well, and watching the kids run out on you. So, uh, yeah, you were heading out, so <laughs> Lance is going with them. <laughs> hey, if you would, Emmaus, um, open your Bibles just for a, here at the beginning to First Peter. We've been there a couple of weeks now. Uh, open up to First Peter. I'm going to read a passage for us here in just a minute and then hand off the, uh, our worship gathering to, to Lance Lane with Hope is Alive and the folks that he has brought with him today that he's going to introduce you to. Let me tell you kind of how God has shaped this up to this point and, and how it's come to, to this Sunday. Over the last month and a half and, and even more specifically the last couple of weeks, We've been talking about what it is to be rescued, how God rescues us from the worthless things of the world in order to give our lives to the one who is truly worthy, and part of that rescue is we are set free to love one another, to do the good things that he has called us to, and now this morning, that third, the third week of that rescued series, we have a chance to see on display one picture, not the only picture, but one picture of what it looks like when that rescue happens in our lives. And so we're gonna have a chance to, to think about that, to see God's hand at work this morning. And then we move ahead from here in October to a new series in the book of Proverbs about what does it look like to be rescued and then to live that life of wisdom that God calls us to. The book of Proverbs is there's a path, there's a way of wisdom that leads to life, and there's a path, a way of foolishness that leads to death. And as we put these pieces together, we've been rescued, and then we're set on this path of wisdom that leads to life. What God has given us this morning is a way to bridge that. As you see this picture lived out through these men and women uh, that are going to, to speak to you this morning, as, as Lance here in a second uh, shares a little bit of his story and about this ministry, and then they're just going to take it and go from here. But I want us to begin this morning by reading in First Peter Chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 13. And the, the words aren't up on the screen because I'm not preaching this morning, so I didn't prepare a full PowerPoint. But 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Verse 17, and if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed, that you were rescued from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you for the message of rescue, for the message of redemption. 
God, thank you that we have been rescued, not with something of this world like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray this morning that you would receive all honor and all glory. God, that you would draw people to your holiness, not so that we would go on with our lives as usual, but so that we would be reminded of what that calling is about, that you call us to salvation, and you call us to a life that is greater than anything else that we could ever imagine. And Father, I pray again that you would use Lance both this morning and in the days ahead, that the others that will speak this morning, God, that you will continue to shape and direct their lives. And Father, we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? You look great. A beautiful room. And I'm excited to be with you this morning. You know, it was just about two years ago, I was speaking at the pastor's conference here uh, for the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma. And I got done telling my story. And, you know, as any proud parents or grandparents would be, they came and watched me speak, even though I'm an adult. You know, it was like a little t-ball game. My mom came and watched me speak. It was cool, though, because my grandparents were there. And Brother Jim knows my grandparents. And after I spoke, I came down and was, and was talking to my, grandpa, my grandparents, and he introduced me to Jim, and that's kind of when the, the story began. And over the past couple of years, we've, we've worked on a lot of different things. We've worked on a lot of different dates. And Pastor Owen came in to the mix about six to eight months ago, and we began to meet here, and I told him my story and what God's doing through our ministry. And we talked about partnership, and we're able to solidify that, and we even begin to look at some dates, and some dates worked, and some dates didn't. And I say all that to say, don't you know that God knows the right timing of events? Amen? Don't you know that today is the day that he wanted us to be here? Because somebody needs to hear a message of hope this morning. And we came down and we brought all of our crew because somebody needs some hope this morning. And if we come and we share our stories of restoration and what God's done in our lives and how the gospel has changed us and it affects just one of you, then it is absolutely worth it. Amen? And all the talking and all the praying and all the planning, all the partnership is worth it because you are worth it. And you deserve it. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So I don't know what you came in here carrying, whether you're struggling with addiction like some of us have been in the past, whether you have some financial issues that you walked in here carrying, whether there's some family stuff going on, maybe you've lost somebody, maybe the person sitting beside you is really ticking you off in some ways you don't even know how to deal with. I don't know what you came in here carrying, but I came here to tell you there's hope, amen? There's hope. If you're down and depressed, there is hope. If you're guilt and shame ridden, there is hope. If you believe there is too much month at the end of the money, there is hope. Does anybody in here believe there is hope this morning? If you believe it, will you say it with me? Say, there is hope. Say it again. Say, there is hope. One more time, loud and proud, say, there is hope. Absolutely. Now look to the person next to you and say, there is hope. Now look to the person on the other side and say, "Woo, you are so good looking. Amen. Uh Uh-oh, Pastor. We got them going now. Amen. I believe there is hope. I believe we serve a God of the second chance. Amen. I'm living proof of that. After 10 long years suffering with drug and alcohol addiction, on April 6, 2011, I heard a knock on my office door. 
And this knock was not like any other knocks from an employee of mine. It was kind of that knock that you just know who's on the other side. You know what I'm saying, kids especially? Like you know it's mom or dad on the other side. Well, I knew who was on the other side of that knock. It was my uncle who happened to be my boss. And when I opened that door, I knew I was in trouble. For years and years, I had been suffering uh, with a massive pain pill addiction. At that point in my life, I was up to 40 or 50 pills a day. I had lost everything in my life. I was a shell of myself. I was the worst possible version of me, a liar, a cheater, a thief, a master manipulator, a con artist, a territorial jerk. I was just a horrible, horrible person. Everyone in my path I had devastated. Um, It was a sad, sad situation. And when he knocked on my door, students, I wasn't in my Sunday best. I hadn't done everything right. I wasn't perfect and all those kind of things. I was at the lowest of the low. You following me? I was the worst of the worst. And I don't know why God chose that day. I have a feeling all April 1st and April 2nd and April 3rd, 4th and 5th, he was just smiling. He was just getting excited. He was getting ready because he knew there was a day of hope coming on April 6th, 2011. And it came in that knock. And it came in someone confronting me and speaking truth into my life. My uncle pulled me into his office and he said, Lance, you are, you're a joke. Look at you. What are you doing with your life? I know something's going on. You're, you're, you look horrible. You're being so mean to your employees. You, you can't even get to work on time. And then you leave early. You're stealing money from us. What's going on with you? You see, he spoke truth into my life. And although I'd been confronted before, although I'd been caught before, what I did that day is what I'd never done before. And that's when I confessed. And you see, I believe there's power in confession. Amen? And I admitted to him, I need some help. I don't know if maybe somebody needs to hear that this morning, but it's okay to stand up and just say, I need some help. I don't know what to do anymore in my life. I don't know what to do anymore for my son or my daughter. I don't know really what to do with my my husband or my wife. I, I need some help. And if there's any place where you must feel comfortable raising your hand and saying you need some help, I hope it's the church. Amen, Pastor? <laughs> I hope it's here. And I believe it is. That day I, I said I needed some help and I believe God began sprinting in my direction when I confessed that. Things began to drastically change in my life. People became into my life. Doors began to swing open. Again, nothing of me, nothing that I had done, but all of him in that moment of confession, things began to change. I found myself in a detox facility just a few weeks later and made my way stumbling into a treatment center just a few miles down the road. And in the next 90 days of that that treatment stay, God changed my life. And for the past five years, I've been trying to tell everybody I can about it because we still serve a miracle-working God, amen? A man that can change, a man that's dead in sin and put him on a mission to help other people change their lives. He has that purpose and that calling and that mission for each and every one of you and your specific stories. Well, soon after treatment, I I had an opportunity to work a little bit in the recovery world and and God began to do different things in my life. And I, I wrote a book and began telling my story in different places. And a couple years into it, I began to feel like a calling, a vision, and a specific purpose in my life, and that was to start this ministry called Hope is Alive. And really, Pastor, just to be quite honest, initially we started because selfishly, I just wanted to hang out with some other guys that were trying to stay sober, like me. 
I figured, well, I'll just, I'll just get a house and I'll just live with some other dudes and we'll have a good time. I was never in a fraternity. I just figured I'd make my own. And I kind of did. <laughs> uh, so I started with one house and five guys. And all five of those guys stayed with me for close to two years and every single one I'm just clean and sober today, amen. And from that one house and those five guys, God began to do an incredible work. And you're gonna hear some fruits of those homes, some stories of rescue, some stories of restoration, and the fruits of your partnership with us in the gospel. Today, we have five homes, four for men and one for ladies. We have a big crew of these hope dealers right over here. Raise your hand if you're in Hope is Alive Ministries. All these folks over here. Give them a big round of applause for coming here today. Over 30 men are in our program and over 10 ladies, and God is doing incredible work inside each and every one of them. Lives are changing. Families are being renewed and restored. Purpose is being set in hearts and minds, and lives are changing. About a year ago, my beautiful girlfriend at the time came to me and said, I believe God's calling me to do something in this. At the time, we only had homes for men. And a lot of people ask me about Homes for Ladies, which she'll share with you a little bit about. And I said, quite frankly, I'm a guy. I can only really help guys, and I need a lady to be called to do this. And lo and behold, there she was sitting by my side that entire time. And she's going to tell you a little bit about the calling on her life and what happened a year ago when we first opened our women's house and introduced our first speaker. So give a big, big warm welcome to my bride-to-be in 22 days, Allison Vinzan. Hi, church. Good morning. Uh, Lance, it's 20 days. <laughs> We've already started. <laughs> so I'm so excited to be here um, this morning and talk about our ladies because um, for a very long time, I would go around to churches with Lance and listen to him speak. And without fail, a mother would come up every single time. And there'd be four or five that, oh, do you have a spot for my son? What can I do with my son? And then there'd be the one that had a daughter. And she'd say, is there anything you have for women? And it was heartbreaking to have to say no. Little did I know that God would use me to do this. And uh, <laughs> we, last August, um, like Lance said, um, I just felt this calling on my heart that God said we need to step up for women in Oklahoma. And so he just blew our hearts wide open, and we learned so much about women and addiction. And so let me just, I just want 30 seconds to educate you so you guys can understand what we understand, this gaping need for women to have hope. So there's 12,000 women every year that enter drug and alcohol treatment in the state of Oklahoma. They go to 30 or 60 or 90 days of treatment, and they learn how to live clean and sober in treatment. But we all know recovery takes long-term solutions, right? So of these 12,000 women, 99% of them will be forced to go back to the homes that they left, oftentimes homes full of physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse, because 70% of these ladies will have been sexually abused by the time that they were 14 years old. So this is what these women are forced to go back to. There's 109 sober living beds in the state of Oklahoma for women, 
and there's 900 for men. So God blew our hearts open for these women. And uh, December 1st, we were able to open our first home, thanks to partnerships from churches just like you. I am so grateful to you for partnering with us and for our ability to say yes to these 10 women that are here, that are mothers and their daughters and their sisters, and they're changing the trajectory of their lives and they're changing generations. They're not passing it down to their children. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, we, uh, like Lance said, we have 10 ladies and, and we've been um, overrun with applications for our homes. I'm sure we could have had 20 homes by now. And we're hoping that, um, you know, with your continued support, that's what we can do and we can continue changing generations. And our women are learning in our home long-term sobriety and they're learning the most important thing, that they are the daughter of the king and that addiction can end with them. And I'm so excited to be able to introduce um, a lady in our house to tell you her story. Um, Katya has done everything we've asked of her. She is on fire for Jesus, and she is a bright, shining star with literally the most peaceful spirit you will ever encounter. So get you some Katya this morning. Give her a big welcome, church. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me. My name is Katya, and I am so blessed to have this opportunity to be here with all of you this morning. I'd like to start off by saying thank you so much for your wonderful support for Hope is Alive. Um, this program continues because of your love and generous, I'm sorry, because of your generous love and support this program continues to mend broken families and renew hope and faith for many addicts and alcoholics in recovery. It is truly amazing how God works his miracles in bringing us together on special occasions such as this to share in our hope and strength with one another. A little over eight months ago, I was sitting in Payne County Jail questioning God and his will for me. Being in jail for drug-related reasons and having lost my faith in active addiction, I began to wonder if jail was the place I was meant to be in, having wreaked so much havoc in active addiction. What brought me to that unpleasant situation was an accumulation of bad decisions, a sick, addicted mind, and a deep sense of hopelessness which permeated every aspect of my being leading up to that very day. Today, I'm actually quite grateful for the hardships that I experienced in active addiction, for those very hardships created the perfect storm, the perfect opportunity for God to bring me hope and open my eyes to a life that I never could have imagined without his grace. So, two days after my arrest, when my father and stepmother drove all the way from Houston, Texas, and bonded me out of jail, and then drove me straight to Valley Hope Treatment Center in Cushing, Oklahoma. My faith in God was reborn like never before. <clears throat> As he answered my prayers for help and revealed to me that all hope was not lost. The first time God answered my prayers, 
and revealed himself to me was the day I was adopted from Russia by my wonderful family. I was six and a half years old and having lived on the streets with my alcoholic birth mother for the first five and a half years of my life, um, life was a daily struggle to survive. But God held my hand all the while as my life drastically changed from a dark, destitute existence to a life where brighter opportunities became a new reality for me. After being adopted, my family and I moved around a bit, about every four to five years for my dad's work, from Texas to Louisiana, back to Texas, and finally arriving in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Growing up, I was well provided for. I excelled in school, and I actively played sports. Um, <clears throat> life seemed picture perfect from the from the outside looking in, but at home, my family and I struggled daily with my adoptive mother's battle with alcoholism. <clears throat> it wasn't until the age of 17 that my addiction began to develop. Starting out with marijuana in late high school in social settings, um, my addiction progressed to cocaine and hallucinogens upon starting college at Texas Christian University. <clears throat> Around this time, I also made the wise decision to begin dating a young man who is just as lost as I was, who also shares in my mental illness of addiction. Much to my family's dismay, this young man and I made poor decision after poor decision in our highly toxic relationship, leading me to stray from my true self and partake in various unhealthy and illegal activities. Throughout our 10-year relationship, um, as my sickness progressed, I experienced a deep depression, emotional instability, tendencies of self-harm, and a loss of faith, not only in God, but in all of humanity. After dropping out of school twice and moving from place to place, trying to run away from all of my problems, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. My relationship with this young man um, became more and more abusive, <clears throat> especially since the more evil drugs, heroin and meth, had entered our lives. Six years of using these drugs intravenously caused me to experience homelessness, suicide attempts, legal and financial issues, isolation from family and friends, as well as utter despair for breaking every moral code I had ever created and held true for myself. This is the very depth of hopelessness which drove me into that jail cell in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So, upon entering Valley Hope's treatment center, I embraced recovery like my life depended on it. <clears throat> because it did. I surrendered to all the help I could possibly find 
And when my counselor there recommended me to a three-month women's treatment center in Henrietta, once again, I welcomed this opportunity with open arms. Going to Tiger Mountain Recovery and then coming straight to Hope is Alive were two of the best decisions I'd ever made. Even after the four months of rehabilitation I chose to go through, I, I knew I still needed more help and all the structure I could possibly find to remain clean and sober and to fully live life on life's terms. The program at Hope is Alive met every requirement I yearned for, and it proves to this very day to be a blessing from God. Hope is Alive is the beginning to my second chance that God has granted me to live a healthy and productive life. Since moving into the home, I have found and kept a job at a local bakery, which I love. I've even been honored with a promotion, and knowing that my coworkers trust me and look to me for certain decisions reinforces the amazing impact that recovery has made on my life. I have also begun to take responsibility for my legal issues and repay my debts to society. And I continue to welcome every opportunity for growth that comes my way. Today, I have healthy relationships with my family, my friends, with amazing, strong women, and I surround myself with positive, healthy people who constantly push me to be the best that I can be. I'm incredibly fortunate to have found Hope is Alive. And because of all of your support and care for all of us, my journey in recovery continues to be an exciting and promising experience. Thank you all so much for being here. Amazing. Isn't God good, church? Mm. You know how hard that is to do that? It's incredibly difficult. And uh, you can feel that soft spirit, right, with inside her. She is so amazing. The Bible says this in Psalms 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on the rock. He gave me a firm place to stand, and he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to thee. The verse goes on to say that many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I hope you see that picture in Katiana's life. I think you'll see it as well in Christian Chavez's life. Christian came to us about two years ago, and he is had an incredible, incredible impact on our ministry. His life has transformed in many, many ways. And now he is a Hope is Alive staff member, and he's here to tell you a little bit about his story. So please help welcome to the stage Mr. Christian Chavez. Morning. I don't know how I could follow that up. Um, my face starts twitching. Just ignore it. It's what happens when I get nervous. Um, so, um, first and foremost, I'd 
like to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to speak here today. Uh, my name is Christian Chavez. I am a staff member at Hope is Alive where I was a resident close to two years. Um, I went to a, a, a Christian-based treatment center down in Purcell by the name of Rob's Ranch. Um, when I got there, I was, I was 138 pounds. Um, as you can tell, I don't weigh that anymore. I'm close to 185. Um, but when I entered, I was broken. I was beaten. I was chemically dependent. Um, I did not have much of a fight left in me. Um, what I come to understand now is, above all that, I was lacking a relationship with my Heavenly Father. I started using drugs at the age of 12. Um, I grew up scared um, of a highly intense and strict father um, who had no problem disciplining his child or his children whenever he felt necessary to do so. Um, I remember trying marijuana as a kid um, and, you know, I remember trying it for the first time and when I walked into my home, I realized that all the anxiety and the fear and the nerves uh, was completely gone when I walked into that doorway. Um, to me as a kid, that was huge. Um, that whole process just kept repeating itself throughout my teenage years. Um, experimenting and picking up, you know, a lot more bad habits along the way. Um, during my early to uh, mid-20s, I began to struggle with depression. Um, this was a, a result to a, uh, a lot more disappointing uh, events I experienced. Uh, not knowing how to handle this in a healthy way, I went back to what I knew best, and that was to numb that feeling, and, and uh, you know, that was the beginning of a full-on addiction. Um, that was the beginning of a really, really bad addiction, and this went on for several more years until God intervened by uh, using man many, many members of the Edmond Police Department uh, to show me the light several times, you know. Was, uh, this, in my opinion, was the beginning of a strong testimony about second chances and what God's grace looks like. Um, since my arrival at Hope is Alive, I learned the basic but essential things such as integrity, confidence, and laughter. Um, you know, what keeping my word looks like, making a commitment and following through. Um, I have also, you know, I was always, I was also loved on, um, until I learned how to love myself. Um, most importantly, I have learned what an intimate relationship is with my God and what it looks like. Um, I have the privilege of experiencing the impact that a partnership such as the one we have with your church, uh, provides. I have seen it as a resident. And now I've seen it, what it does for our guys as a staff member. Your prayers, the hot meals, your financial support, and every other selfless act taken by you all affects our residents in ways most can't even begin to imagine. 
instead of being stereotyped as drug addicts uh, and looked down on, the majority of our residents are experiencing what the love of a stranger feels like for the first time in a very, very, very long time. Um, for that, I personally thank you guys, each and every one of you guys. Um, I would like to tell you how grateful I am that a topic such as addiction is being brought to light um, and addressed in your church. Um, growing up in the church that I attended, I never knew of any resources or anything that I could go ahead and reach out to when I knew I had a, a drug problem. Um, one thing is that it makes me really, really happy that we are at least have the opportunity to stop somebody going down the dark path that I chose. Um, and we're here to let you guys know that if you guys ever need our services, um, we're here for you guys. Um, we're at your service. Um, I'm not much different than any of you guys. I, uh, I needed help, like most of us do from time to time. Um, and I had a community of, of loving individuals who came and offered me a helping hand uh, when I really needed it. Um, I'm just one story in a ministry of 33 guys, 33 residents. Uh, but in this one story, you guys have given a mother and father their son back. You guys have giving a sibling of five, their youngest baby brother back, an uncle of 20 nephews and nieces who they love and adore. Um, that's an immediate impact of 26 family members. And that's just one story. Thank you, guys. Very good. I always say to his family and all his brothers and La Familia Chavez that I want to grow up and be a Chavez one day. There's some really, really good people. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for sharing your time with us this morning. I hope that you have been impacted uh, by just, again, the presence of the gospel in people's lives and how God can reach down and change a person's life in a matter of an instant. This is a, a resource that as Christian mentioned, a, a lot of churches haven't had the opportunity to hear from, and we are so thankful and excited that this is being discussed. Because the truth is, we all need a little help, and we all need a little hope. And in a crowd like this, I know that if I ask you if you've been impacted by addiction, 80% of your hands would go up. And that's the case in just about any church I've spoken to, hundreds across this state. And so we brought with us some resources. We have a table in the back. We'd love to visit with you or your family member. We've got 20 folks over here that can help you talk through anything that you're going through. And one important resource I want to tell you about is this little book. And I had a little bit to do with it, but my mom had the most to do with it. Uh, and so I can tell you it's really good because she wrote most of it. Uh, and it's, she is an incredible writer. And she told her perspective and my father's perspective on my addiction. 
And that's a, it's a very enlightening perspective to have. And so I wrote some of the chapters, and then they wrote the perspective back on it. And so moms and dads, if you're needing some hope, if you're needing some practical answers, go outside and pick up this book. I also want to tell you, as Christian mentioned, there's opportunities to get plugged in with what we're doing. And we would love to have your support. Um, Every Sunday night, we have opportunities for folks to bring meals in to our meetings. All the guys gather at one place, and all the girls gather, and we love to have volunteers come in and bring a meal. A meal is an incredibly impactful gift uh, to the men and women in our program who are trying to get back up on their feet. And just to come over and say hi and to encourage them. We also have mentoring nights every other month. We'd love to have you come and get involved in our mentoring night to meet some of our residents and just spend about an hour, hour and a half with them, getting to know them, passing along your life experience to them. If you feel the need today to financially support us, we would love, love, love to have your partnership, whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly opportunity. And we can talk with you more about that at the end of the the service today as well. But Christian mentioned something uh, very impactful as he closed. He talked about the impact on family members and 26 different family members. Well, about a year and a half ago, God began to really bring in a lot of moms and dads into our program. And I really wasn't expecting that when we started this. Certainly didn't anticipate that kind of a a need. Uh, But it happened. And dads began to come into our homes and moms began to come into our homes. And we saw this incredible thing happen. And families began to restore. And kids were brought back to their fathers. And kids were brought back to their mothers. And so as we close today, we want to say thank you again. We want you to watch this short little video that shows the restorative power of the family unit within Hope is Alive Ministries. Thank you very much for the time today. Let's bow our heads at this point. Here in just a minute after... I pray for us. We're going to sing a closing song. Emmaus, with everything you've heard this morning, there's most likely a family member, a friend, maybe your own personal life that you see in these stories that you see on this video. And here in a minute when we sing this song, I pray that God would draw you to a place of of prayer, of trust, of hope, of desperation, to be able to come to the front and to pray for that family member or that friend. That if you need someone to pray with you, that we'll have people down here to do that for you. And the brokenness in your life might not be addiction, It might be a completely different type of brokenness, but we know when that brokenness happens in families, it just doesn't affect one person, it affects everyone around. And equally so, when healing happens, it doesn't just happen to one person, it affects those around us. And I pray, I pray this morning that God would draw us to a point of hopeful prayer, of crying out to him for repentance, to crying out to him for those in our lives who are hurting and addicted and broken because he is mighty to save. Father, thank you for your goodness and your love that's been displayed this morning from baptism, through music, through testimony, through your word being read. And God, now at this point, would you draw us to decision? 
Would you draw us to that place of responding to you, to coming to a time of prayer? Father, work in our lives, work in our hearts at this time. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? We're gonna sing this song, Mighty to Save. The Lord calls you to stay there and sing, do that. If you need to come forward and pray, this altar is open. Come and pray for family members, for friends, for yourself. There will be people here to pray with you as well. Let's respond as God's spirit works in our lives this morning. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, Kindness of a Savior. It's all of us. The hope of nations. I praise Him. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. Rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Sing this to him. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures. Give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Yes, I surrender. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing. For the glory of the risen King, Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the Savior, you can move the mountains. God, you are mighty to save. You are mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, you rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. You are mighty to save.
Emmaus, you can be seated just for a moment. Um, continue to pray, continue to think about how God's at work in our lives. If those who are helping with the offering, if you would come now and, and help with passing those plates around. Don't forget that as you are able to give weekly to the ministries here at Emmaus, that it's those type of funds that we're able to use to reach out to families, to care for those in need. Uh, like Lance mentioned, at this time, those of you from Hope is Alive who are going to go out to the table, if you guys want to go out there and uh, residents as well, those who are Hope is Alive, after we are dismissed, if you guys would go out there and stand by the table as well, our folks need people to talk to, people to turn to. If you need someone to just go and say, you know what, I couldn't even come down to the front and pray because I'm so broken, I'm so overwhelmed, these folks are available to you. They want to talk with you. They're are so many other stories over here we didn't have time to share this morning, but they're able to share those with you one-on-one and be able to talk about God's work in their life. And so when we're dismissed, if you got these back doors to the side, you'll see those folks over there to be able to, uh, to talk with you, to care with you. One of the things that comes out through a morning like this is usually, not always, not always, but usually when there is addiction or brokenness or struggles with mental health or whatever it is, one of the first things and one of the lasting things that happens is isolation. You cut yourself off from the people that you need the most for that healing to happen. And one of the things that church pictures is what it looks like for us to come back together as we're connecting our lives with one another because we all need that healing. We all need that recovery. Don't miss the way you need to do that through small groups to get connected with a group, whether it's something that happens at five o'clock on Sunday evening or Sunday morning or it happens through the week sometime. Connect your life with other people so that they will know you well enough to know what you're struggling with and be able to speak the truth into your life in love. Because that is the message, that is the method that God often uses to bring that healing. Uh, One of the ways that we can live that out as a church family is through something like church membership, through choosing to commit to a local church and be a part of that. I want to introduce you to a family this morning uh, that is wanting to do that. So, Kieran's, if you guys want to, uh, to come up here. Keith and Allison and their four kids, uh, have been such a blessing to to Emmaus. They have come in and said, if we're going to be here, we're going to be all the way here. We're going to connect. And so they were going on mission trips with us uh, before they even officially joined the church. They've been involved. They've been ministering to others. They just jumped in and done exactly what you would hope someone's going to do when they commit to a local church and to see the way that they're speaking and living the gospel in front of their kids has been a powerful testimony to me and and to my wife and our family. And so I'm so thankful for for this family. If you are a member of Emmaus and you would stand in affirmation of this family coming to join our church, would you stand right now with them? So guys, I want you to know, and everything your family goes through, and you guys have already been through some things in the last few weeks, but these folks will be with you and staying with you guys in the days ahead. Everyone else who's here right now, if you would stand with us um, at this time, guests, those from Hope is Alive, you guys being here, thank you again for sharing your morning with us, for sharing your stories with us, and after we're finished, don't forget, go out back, thank them for being here, hear more about how God is at work in their lives, and if you are hurting, if you are broken, if you do have family members and friends who are living under that pain, Seek out help.
Cry out to the Lord. Seek out those who are able to bring hope and healing into those situations, knowing that ultimately comes through Christ. Let's pray, and we're going to be dismissed this morning. Father, thank you for your goodness in our lives that comes through so many different avenues. Thank you for a church family, a place that we commit our lives and grow alongside one another. God, thank you for places of healing and hope that we can turn to during those really dark times. And God, thank you that in our darkest moments, as we cry out to you, that you are able to bring salvation, that you are mighty to save. And God, I pray that we would be able to see that happen time and time again. And Father, we give all of this to you in Jesus' name, amen. You guys come down here, meet this family, go out back and meet Hope is Alive. Thanks for being here.